a lot of people are are getting into it and looking into how can they grow as people. Um, I first started even like the personal growth journey, which the Enneagram has been part of that journey. But I started that probably about five years ago. Um, And for me, it was, um, there's a lot of personal stuff going on that was really difficult at that time. Um, I felt like really out of control of the situation. Um, I was eating really unhealthy. I like gained a lot of weight. I wasn't, I wasn't really happy with everything that was going on. Um, Financially, it was stressful financial wise. Um, And so I started personal growth work just as a way to try to better myself and improve my life. It was the one thing that I felt like I could be in control of when a lot of other stuff was totally out of control. Welcome back to Hawaii Real, everybody. I'm your host, Io Ke'ehu. If you haven't yet, please hit that subscribe button if you're watching this on YouTube. If you're not, you can find this episode on all your podcast platforms, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. And you can also find these episodes on my website, hawaiirealpodcast.com. And if you have any questions or if you'd like to be a guest in the future, hit me up, hawaiirealpodcast at gmail.com. And today I have photographer. <laughs> Why are you looking at me like that for? <laughs> you better not mispronounce it. No pressure. Marion Joe. Yes. Yeah, it's uh, soap with a J. Marion <laughs> Joe, owner of Butler and Badoo. You got it. Oh my yeah. gosh. See, Rock I had star. to practice. I was practicing the name in my head over and over again. So I want to do one take. Perfect. Yeah. You got it. Hey, all right. Mary, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So you post a lot of stuff on Instagram. You post a lot of stuff, um, uh, just a lot of stuff. But one of the things that, that gravitated me towards you to come on the show was when you were posting stuff with your, um, you had a, you have an AR-15. <laughs> and you're like switching out with a 22 caliber conversion kit on your AR-15 so you can shoot uh, cheaper ammunition in this pandemic. Yes. Yep. Exactly. Yep. And I'm all about the second amendment. I'm all about protections. And my, one of my big philosophies is that the second amendment gun rights for people are women's rights. Gun rights for people are, you know, rights for black people. There are rights for minority people. There are rights for everybody. You know, they are the right to defend yourself. No, you're totally right. And I didn't always feel that way. Um, but over the past couple of years, my shifting, my thinking's kind of shifted a little bit and definitely moved in that direction so I totally agree with you on that one when did you start shooting I remember going to Cocoa Head Range with my dad when I was like 12 and um hurting my shoulder (laughs) trying to fire it was horrible um the gun was heavy it was hot I was kind of irritated um probably how my 12 year old feels now that I took her to the range recently um just this is stupid why are we doing this that was I think he took us twice and then I kind of didn't think about really guns at all for the next um long bit of time mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then um a couple of years ago uh he encouraged me again to go take a safety class and get a handgun i thought it was kind of dumb hawaii is pretty strict on gun laws and you know what's the point we can't really fire it in that many places and you always got to be i felt a little nervous to make sure you're following the law and all that sort of thing um but i took the class and i um did have to use it for like in a self-defense situation um thankfully nobody was hurt everything was fine but having that for protection um really changed my eyes in a lot of ways Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so during that incident um 
one, I realized like in that moment, I was really calm during the whole experience, but realized like, oh, maybe I should be practicing with this a little more than I am currently. Like why have a tool if you don't know how to use it, Mm -hmm. especially in stressful situations. Um, And then the second thing was like, wow, this is the great equalizer. Like as a, as a woman, as a smaller person, um, if you're in a bad situation, this could be the thing that saves your life. And if it's me or somebody else, I'd rather, um, rather survive a bad situation. So that really, that really shifted a lot of things for me. Yeah. People don't realize, uh, maybe some do realize, but guns are the great equalizer. And what, you know, what kind of irks me is when people say, Hey, we don't need guns. We shouldn't have guns. It's like, Hey, as long as there are factories making guns and providing guns to people, to the bad guys, good guys should be able to have the guns too. Like as long as somebody has guns, sorry. Yeah, exactly. I would love like a utopia where everybody gets along. Um, I think there are situations where people aren't in the right state of mind or make bad choices. And if you do have something accessible that you can have deadly, um, you know, kill somebody or really, really harm somebody, you know, that takes a lot of responsibility. But uh, guns aren't the only thing that can harm people. Oh, no. Yeah. (laughs) Humans have been killing each other for millennia prior to guns. Actually, guns are quite recent in human history. And there's a lot of instances where guns actually save lives or prevent future or continued violence from happening. Right. So They are a preventative measure. Hey, you pull a gun on somebody, they're likely going to stop doing what they're doing unless they're super crazy, which that happens too, right? Yep, exactly. I was in a situation in Texas one time where it could have been a bad situation, but the guy had a gun in his glove compartment and that de-escalated the situation just by saying, I have a gun and... Um, and the situation totally changed. So it, it could have been a bad thing and it, it didn't, it wasn't bad at all. Yeah. And that's the hard part with guns. And I think that's the bad part that people always see is that you do have crazy people that just blow things out of proportion and end up going straight to grabbing the gun and, you know, committing a crime or committing murder on someone when they didn't need to. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. But for me, knowing that I'm, in a good place. I had like in a sound mind Mm -hmm. having that accessible. It's really empowering in a lot of ways. So, so started out with a handgun and, um, now I have a, a few more. (laughs) We'll leave it at that. But it's good because you're also like, um, you're also educating yourself with firearms. And that I think is the most important part about gun ownership is actually educating yourself. And even if you don't own a gun, educate yourself about what guns are what they can do, what they can't do. Yeah. And I think that there's, um, I think the, the media for kind of a variety of reasons, but I think they've pushed this narrative of guns are bad and guns are really, really dangerous. When you look at violence, I mean, there's more violence committed by, you know, and you obviously have a ton of experience, like knives, different things like that. Um, but what, what's the purpose? You have to ask, why would the media, why would the media push this narrative? Um, and try to encourage people to be scared of guns. Usually when you push a fear narrative, that's there's usually always something else going on with that too. So you kind of have to ask why, why are we, why are we getting this messaging? Yeah, I don't know. I think you're right. And I think the, it's definitely been pushed. That narrative has been pushed. It's been pushed for, you know, decades. Um, but I just, I don't know. Don't try don't try to take away the guns until all the bad guys don't have guns. Mm-hmm. But, that's not going to happen because they get guns illegally. So it's like, well, it's like, if they're going to break the law, then I should be able to protect myself from those people breaking the law. So, 
Yeah. And calling the police isn't always, you know, uh, timely. No, that does. I mean, police respond as fast as possible, but it's, you know, depending on the situation. Again, anything that I think empowers people to feel safer, more in control of their situation, um, as long as that's coupled with like clarity and um, and some calmness and rationality, you're not like flying off the handle, you're not, you know, drinking or high or whatever, then generally as a rational human being, we're capable of handling the situation pretty well. So empowerment. Empowerment. That's a good segue to the next <laughs> segment here. Empowerment. Um, okay. So you're an entrepreneur. I am. Yes. And we were talking about this uh, just before we started rolling the cameras. Um, you asked me if I was past, present, or future-minded. Yeah, focused. Focused, focused. And I was like, I'm pretty sure I'm future-focused, you know. Um, but what what is your take on that? And what is what is um, so most your focus? Yeah, it's from the Enneagram. So I would encourage anybody listening, if you haven't done some Enneagram work, trying to figure out what your number is, then go check that out. It's your you have a personality that's a numbered one through eight and um it gives you a good way of seeing how you react to different situations um how you look at the world around you and then it can give you some insight into how other people perceive different things so it's a good way to kind of look into your self-motivation but also help you connect with other people that might think differently than you and you don't even realize it until you start exploring it a little bit more but there's three ways of looking at um at your thinking. So it's either past focused, present or future focused. Um, I'm future focused, which means I'm always looking ahead. So sometimes that's not good because you can get focused on always, you know, in the future, in the future. And it doesn't help you be very present in the moment. Mm -hmm. Um, but even knowing that, that I'm, I tend to look ahead, I tend to kind of forget about things that have happened in the past because they're done and gone. I've already conquered them. Like we're moving forward. Um, that was really interesting to find out. So, and you are too. Future focused are the best for I sure. I think I am. I haven't taken this test. So what, what is the test you're talking about? Enneagram. Enneagram. I, and I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. Enneagram. Where, where does someone find that? You can find free tests online. Um, and it, it'd be a good starting off point. A I lot of, spell that. oh my goodness. I'm gonna, yeah. Put you on the spot. <laughs> e N N E G R A M. Okay. I believe. Okay. Um, and you can take the online test. There's podcasts about how to interpret your numbers a little bit more. When I first took the test, I thought I was, I think I first started, I was thinking I was like a number one and then it changed to a three and now I've kind of settled on maybe I'm an eight. But anything that helps, I think you look into some of your motivations, mm -hmm. that helps with that personal growth and development and kind of exploring, you know, why do I do the things I do? Um, why do I think the way I think and how could that be beneficial? And then what do I need to maybe change to be a better person? What did you find out for yourself when you were doing it and how did you have to change? Yeah. So personal growth is huge, right? It's, um, it's super helpful for people. It's a really big industry too. Um, a lot of people are, are getting into it and looking into how can they grow as people. Um, I first started even like the personal growth journey, which the Enneagram has been part of that journey, but I started that probably about five years ago. Um, and for me, it was, um, there's a lot of personal stuff going on that was really difficult at that time. Um, I felt like really out of control of the situation. Um, I was eating really unhealthy. I like gained a lot of weight. I wasn't, I wasn't really happy with everything that was going on. Um, 
financially, it was stressful financial wise. Um, and so I started personal growth work just as a way to try to better myself and improve my life. It was the one thing that I felt like I could be in control of when a lot of other stuff was totally out of control. And, um, and I mean, it's been a big journey. So Enneagram is like one step along, like a, a long multi-year journey of becoming a better person and trying to figure out, um, some people say it's like unraveling all the bad stuff that we've learned as a child mm. and like up through high school, maybe some college, um, any of the unhealthy things that we've, we've just either had done to us or been a part of or something. And, and eventually a lot of people in their like late twenties, early thirties, hopefully start to try to work on getting rid of some of those, that baggage that they've accumulated. That is a huge part of my life and my development over the past maybe 10 years or so is really going back and looking at my childhood and you know how I was raised and the things that happened to me and the things that were done to me and things that I had to go through that molded me to the man that I am today but also created rules and boundaries around my own personal thoughts about what I could accomplish or what I was deserving of or what I was you know going to be in the future, you know, and it took me a while to really figure out that those rules that had built up in my head, they're, own, they're my own rules and I can break those rules and become someone else and, and really start to develop myself into something else that these rules aren't necessarily there um, to restrict a person. Yes, exactly. And, and once you start realizing that, hey, you don't have to stay in that pigeonhole that you were put in from your childhood on, you can get out of that and jump into another pigeonhole or jump into another pot or wherever. And you can start doing a whole slew of other things. Like that's when I think my life really started to take a different direction. Cause you were finally able to be in control of yourself. Like so much where we can fall into this mentality, like the victim mentality, like I can't change, you know, my lot in life is set. Um, and it's so limiting in so many ways. And, um, I think the cool thing too is you never know along your personal growth and development journey, like who's going to speak to you at different times. Um, so that's been cool too, because even individual people can be part of that journey for somebody else. Like you might be saying something that they can hear from a bunch of other people, but maybe when your example is like the thing that breaks through to somebody and we're like, Oh, now I can actually change. Cause I see it modeled in this person's life as opposed. And, um, it just helps like sharing along that way. You don't know who you can touch. What were one of the rules that you had that you had to break down and work through that you don't necessarily have anymore as an adult? Um, that's a good question. I guess for me, one of the instances was I, I guess I had this in my head that I would never be independently wealthy. Hmm. And I didn't know why, because I had never grown up in a in a household that was a, an independently wealthy household. You know, we weren't well, we weren't bad, or we weren't you know poor or anything like that. Uh, I think having the mindset that hey, if I do work towards that goal, I can achieve that goal. It may take me a while. It's going to take me a while. I'm future focused, but that's one of my end goals too, right? That's so interesting because I grew up my. Um my dad had his own business growing up. My mom um, stayed home. She homeschooled all five of us kids. And um, 
I remember as the oldest of five being kind of irritated, like, um, with my dad and everything, because I felt like he worked hard, but we didn't have a lot of money. And looking back on it now, I mean, he was, he worked for himself. He set his own hours. He was always available for us when we needed it. Looking back now, we grew up in Kailua. We grew up in Hawaii. Like we, he, they own their house. Like there's so many good things that you don't see as a kid and you kind of have stuck in your brain. You see it in one way. And then when you get older and you revisit it, you're like, oh, this is a lot different than what I thought. I didn't see this in the right way. I was, I never wanted to have my own business because I always saw it as like, oh, it's too much work. It's too much stress work for somebody else. And now having both worked corporate and for myself, I now know, like I really had it wrong. Um, we had a great life growing up and I just, I didn't see it in the right way. And I, I let different, um, wrong thinking cloud my vision. I'm glad I've been able to shift out of that because now a whole new world has opened up for me that I really had no idea about. I would have missed out on it if I had stuck to my old thinking. Aloha, Hawaii Real listeners. If you're looking for new headphones for your podcast, check out these Audio-Technica headphones. They are superb. They're very comfortable on the head. You can wear them for your long podcast sessions. But more importantly, the sound quality that comes through these things is exquisite. It's awesome. You're going to want to check these out. You're going to want to have high-quality headphones for your podcast. Check them out in the description below. And as always, stay happy, Hawaii. So you went through a lot to inspire you to change. And I think that's one way of putting it. How has, or what has been one of the things that you've taken away from all these, um, you said that you were listening to different um, different people that were motivational speakers and stuff like that mm-hmm. to change. Yeah, I started with a, like super typical Tony Robbins, Sig Ziglar, um, and then just continued on a path, finding different people would appear on different podcasts or I'd read different books. And I'm like, Oh, I'm going to check out that. I'm going to check out that. And it's kind of funny because, um, not to be like too esoteric, but I feel like the universe kind of corresponds as I started traveling down this path of trying to figure out different things, trying to change my life and all that sort of thing. Um, different people and events would come into the situation to just help that journey go that much farther. So I'd meet different people that helped inspire me in different ways. I'd um, I'd be introduced to different situations. Even with the work I'm currently doing for the photography studio, I feel like I even kind of fell into that. Um, I met some people. They opened my eyes like, hey, you, instead of just taking some pictures of people, you could actually be sitting down with them and helping create artwork. And then mm-hmm. you get paid more. People love your products a lot more. It, it works out so much better. And that business was able to grow to support me in a different way so that when um, things got tough, I had the financial means and resources to help, um, to help support myself. So it's just the universe corresponds and aligns when you start moving in a direction to better yourself. At least that's been my experience and just people and experiences come into your life to help make it better. It's just, it's just kind of crazy how everything works. So, so here's a question that um, I haven't asked too many people, but I always think about this kind of thing. Um, do you believe in coincidence or do you believe the universe has purpose and patterns? Purpose and patterns. More so than coincidence. Yeah, definitely. Have you watched the matrix? Yes. Yeah. It's it's like, it's one of those weird things. Like, no, um, there is no coincidence. Like things happen for a reason, whether you know the reason now, or you may find out the reason 10 years from now. Yep. Things happen for a reason. Absolutely. 
And you can't, like you said, you can't always see it right away. But again, there's so many things I think that push us into this. Like you're a victim. You can't change your circumstances. You can never be better than your parents are or your friends are or your circle, current circle of influence. And that's all. It's just like a a sigh up to like bring you down Mm -hmm. and keep you in low like vibrations, energy, or you just even like a low pattern of life. Um, When you start breaking out of that, you realize how many things are around you that can make things better. And it's not a coincidence. It's, it's, it's always there. Mm -hmm. We just, it's sometimes hard to like walk in and actually see it where we're just pushed down a lot in our thinking and our, our, our views about what we're capable of. We're, we're all capable of so much. You like really have no idea. Yeah, no, it's one of the things that I've noticed um, was that things that I thought were coincidental, if I looked at it as a sign instead of coincidental, my outlook on things completely changed and the direction of my life completely changed and the things I thought I'd be capable of completely changed. Whereas if in the past, if I just thought of it as coincidence that this happened to me or coincidence that I met this person and didn't do anything with it, well, like I'm wasting my life away. Whereas now it's like if I see something or I meet someone or we're, we're talking about something and this subject comes up that you know someone that so, that knows someone or whatever the coincidence happens to be, if you look at it as a sign instead of a coincidence and you start to digest it and you start to think about it, you can really turn those signs now into something productive and manufacture that into your life. Yeah, absolutely. And again, you're taking ownership of your life. And that's just one more step to change your life into what you actually want it to be. I know at different points, I've even had a hard time getting a vision of how good life could be, um, especially when you're like stuck in different situations or, or stuck around different people or whatever. Um, it, it, it's sometimes hard like to get in the right mindset where you're like, wow, I could actually elevate my life. I could really live in this dream house. What What is my dream for my life? for my circumstances, for my situations. And that's not always easy to get to that place. But if you can lock on and start working towards it, you will get the people in your life that start giving you more of that vision and, and kind of sometimes even see things for you that you can't see for yourself. Um, but you gotta be open to it and open to seeing those new possibilities and not just thinking, Oh, this is just coincidence. It's just chance. Like nothing really matters. Um, so if you can get past that, then again, you're empowered. It's like all about empowerment and ownership and making a better life. That's why I like The Matrix. Matrix is such a great movie. Follow the white rabbit. It's not the whole red pill, blue pill, although that has, you know, a lot to play in it. But before that even happens, he had to trust his instincts and trust to follow the coincidence of follow the white rabbit. I never thought about it in that. That's really interesting. That's a different perspective. I've always really focused on red pill, blue pill. Right. You know, everything's a lie. But he didn't even get to that <laughs> point. Yeah. If he doesn't follow White Rabbit, if he doesn't, before that, he doesn't answer the cell phone. Take a chance. Yeah. That's true. There's a lot of chances he took. So, and there's some that he didn't, and it kind of led him in a different path, but eventually brought him back. Yeah. Matrix is a great movie. Yeah. I have shout out for everybody rewatching it. There's yeah. a lot of truth there that I think we can revisit. And any of you millennials or young kids out there, or even old people out there that haven't seen The Matrix, you're missing out. <laughs> you got to see The Matrix. I'll throw V for Vendetta in there too. That's another. V for Vendetta is good. Timely. Matrix, V for Vendetta. That's more of like society falling apart. <laughs> Get your guns. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> or your knives, whatever. Oh, well, yeah, two knives, right? 
He did. Yeah. yeah. And the hat and the mask. Yeah. But I think the government took away all the guns too. And that was part of the issue. Yeah. And then he was like a super soldier. We totally digressed. <laughs> yeah. Cause I don't understand. I think he shoot him, but he wasn't dying. It sounds like it's time for movie night. Yeah. I don't understand that. But yeah. The matrix, you know, there was some, uh, who was it? Some, some, some scientist was saying that there are patterns in the world that we know it now that kind of lends credence to us living in a simulation right now. Ooh, it's like, whoa. You're going to pull that up? I think Elon Musk was even one of those who was like, is it possible that in the future we human, humanity could live in a simulation? I was like, well, yeah. Then isn't it possible we're doing that now? How would you know the difference? It's like, hmm. That's a good point. I do know. I think they tell you to um, look for tears in the matrix or, you know, there can't be so many coincidences. How many coincidences does it take before it becomes a statistical improbability? A lot. Oh, well, I don't know. Not that many coincidences, I think, actually. Yeah. And then um, the CIA got involved in media back in like the 50s. Right. Mm -hmm. And so when you start like going down the little rabbit hole, um, I think sometimes we're given different media to help make us think in a certain way. Um, and sometimes it's like super in your face. So is the matrix just entertainment or is it maybe some truth mixed into it too? I think there's definitely some truth mixed into it. Like his whole digress, right? Um, where's the, where's the human farms? What's going on? (laughs) But, I mean, we're, we're, we're at a point in our humanity where we're playing these video games, these simulation video games, where you're living the life of another person in that video game. Like, what's to say, as Elon Musk rightly stated, in the future, 10 years, 20 years, 50 years from now, that won't be the case with us being plugged in to, you know, digital media program or something, plugged into the computers through our, through our brains. It's totally up on the, on the table. Yeah. It's not science so. fiction. Is it a result of robots taking over the world? Science fiction? Okay, yeah, that's more science fiction. But is it is it kind of realistic to think that humans would plug themselves into computers all day, every day, and live their entire lives through their computers in a simulation or a simulated world? 100% true, yes. I think we've seen it over the past year. Right. And it's been in the name of safety, you know, and we've moved into that. And then... You actually see different countries now saying we're going to go through a lockdown every two years because of um, climate change. So that's the that's the thing that's coming out right now. It's interesting. I think it's completely egotistical of humans to think that we are changing the environment of the entire planet. Well, you notice too, it started with global warming, and then we've noticed these cold spikes, right? So they've before global warming. Before <laughs> global warming in the 1970s, look this up, people. Scientists were saying we're going into another ice age. Correct. It shifted. So now it's just climate change. Right. And it, it is egotistical to think that with our limited experience and our scientific knowledge that we can know exactly how the earth is. The earth is warming and cooling. It's done that forever. It's normal. Right. Like, what about the sun? The sun, like, gets brighter and dims. Like, that has a large part to play. I mean, whole different conversation. Here. Well, follow the money. Follow the money. Why would people want to follow? Like, why would they be espousing climate change? What oh. money is going to what positions? Mr. Al Gore. Yeah. He got really, really rich on the whole uh, global warming thing, going out to all those speeches and everything like that. And then 
none of it really came to pass. Mm-mm, correct. And then it gets buried. So the media plays a part too in what the public remembers. Right, right. Yeah. One of the things I always like to bring up when people talk about the, the rising oceans, it's like, hey, do you know that there are, there are thousands of civilizations, there are thousands of cities that are buried beneath the oceans right now? Like humanity was, or humanity had a lot more landmass than we do today. And we've lost that. We've lost tons of civilizations throughout the Mediterranean, throughout the Asian, Asian peninsulas, throughout the Caribbean. Like we found civilizations and cities underneath the oceans. Did humans like cause that global warming? Like, mm, I see what you're saying. I don't know. Well, I think you can look too at politicians that are buying land right by the ocean to see how much global warming or climate change are we really worried about. Right. Because if that was a big concern, we wouldn't have. People wouldn't be buying in Miami. Correct. People wouldn't be buying in Honolulu. Or like, on um, the shores of Waimanalo. Or the shores of Waimanalo. Like anywhere in Hawaii. Like why would mm-hmm. you be buying land in Hawaii? Investing a lot of money in Hawaii. Or Florida, for that matter. If you knew that global warming and oceans were rising at a rate that was going to submerge the entire Gulf Coast. Correct. So some people say it's a, it's a ploy to encourage prices to drop so they can drive property values down. I'm not saying I totally agree or disagree with that, but that's the argument. And then um, people can scoop in and buy those for reduced price. You're going to red pill everybody today. Yeah. <laughs> well, going back to movie night, it was like, well, look at uh, Waterworld. That came out around the same time in the 90s, right? Talking about global warming and Waterworld comes out. Hey, look what happens. Like mm, the entire yeah. planet's going to be covered in water. Yes. No. <laughs> There's not that much water, people. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. It's... Again, I mean, even if you want to take it back to how much agency do we have, if you're worried about stuff like that, it helps put you into a victim mindset. Nothing can change everything we do, you know. Um, yeah, it's interesting. It's total victim and fear mindset. <laughs> we are not about that. <laughs> trying not to be. No. Trying, trying, trying not to be. But I think that lends into the conversation we are having earlier about improving yourself. If you're always scared and you're fearful of the future, you're fearful of taking those risks, yeah, you're more apt to not do anything with your life. Whereas if you're willing to take those risks, you're willing to put yourself out there, fail, move on, like those are the people who are going to be more successful in this world. Yeah, and you just feel better as a person, you know, and I think that, like you were talking about video games, people do have that tendency to just plug me in because it's going to keep me safe. Like I think the big thing that we've really talked about is like be safe, be safe, be safe, but... Um, at what point in humanity did we become so concerned about staying safe that we've neglected like our ability to live life? You know, life isn't safe. It's probably the safest that we've ever been in our history. You know, we're not going to die by the age of 40. Um, we've, we have like a great idea, like handle on death, disease, famine, all those different things, especially here in America, like the most prosperous, educated, um, so different from other developing countries. But at what point are you going to say, hey, life is meant to be lived. We don't have to be fearful. We can we can take a chance. We can have that big business idea. We can get ourselves out of bad situations. Like life will continue to go on if your mindset is in the right place. You also work out a lot. And you post on Instagram about uh, your gym fitness and your, your, um, your journey on that. I do. Yeah. It started out, um, I follow a couple of people and they we're pushing like do a selfie every day or post your stuff. And 
it felt super vain, especially not growing up as like young enough to be, let me take a selfie all the time. Um, felt super self-absorbed. But what I found out is that even though it seems a little bit boring, doing it on a daily or regular basis, um, can be really inspiring to other people because I've had people come up now and be like, man, we saw you doing this or, or ask questions and, um, and you know, anything that helps inspire other people. I'm all, all about that. So how is it with, um, I guess, I I mean, men that go to the gym, they, they typically supposedly know what they're doing, right? They're going there to get fit and, and, and get stronger, but women going to the gym, it's, it's sometimes, I guess, less nowadays, but more so in the past, how it's been. You didn't grow, like, I didn't grow up knowing how to do a lot of lifting sort of thing. I mean, that was my experience. Yeah, it's just, they don't have, like, necessarily, necessarily they don't have, like, the knowledge and experience of lifting weights or working out. So when they go into the gym, it's all brand new to them. And do they get um, turned off by that before they even get to the gym? Yeah. It's a great question. Um, or great point. That was a hundred percent my experience. So I grew up doing a lot of cardio, soccer team, basketball team, tennis, all those different sports, always team sports. Um, you're doing it together. It's not rocket science for how to do different things. None of those things put me into a weight room cause I didn't play so competitively that it was like, Hey, soccer team, we're going to go, go into the weight room and get familiar with all those things. Um, I had experience. My ex-husband worked out a lot at the gym. I would a few times I'd go with him and totally a missed opportunity. And it was, again, it was kind of a me thing. Um, but the few times I went, I always felt awkward. I always felt like, Oh, this is like a weird place. There's too many heavy weights. Like what am I supposed to be doing? I felt really self-conscious and that was all like 100% on me. Mm-hmm. It wasn't anybody else's thing. That was my thing. Um, And so when I finally decided, like, there has to be something to this weightlifting thing, um, I can't just do cardio because I'm still fat, (laughs) like nothing's changing. Um, I started out with first with CrossFit just to get a little bit more familiar with the equipment, have some instruction. Um, Another, I know other people use like a personal trainer to get more familiar. And then um, after about a year of doing CrossFit, it took me a while, had to build up a lot of confidence. Um, I had a friend of mine that actually came down from the mainland He's a professional bodybuilder, so he competes in shows. Um, He came out here for a wedding, and it was just such a good experience to be able to see one um, workout with him, to see how he does things, but then also see how he eats, his nutrition. Um, And something like clicked at that point in time. I was like, oh, this is how people do it. This is how they stay in shape, and they live like a a good life and, um, and achieve their fitness goals. Like These are all the missing pieces that I've I just haven't been doing into my own life. And that's when I really started. I switched to the gym and, um, and started learning more. And it's just been such a huge thing. Now when I go into the gym, it's fun. Like I have all my friends that I know there now. Um, it's a, it's a, such a different experience than before. And that's 100% because I built the confidence. Nothing changed. It was just me. I changed. Do you still have those days where you just don't want to go to the gym? No, it's no crazy. It's so crazy. Um, I used to like a lot and same with like waking up early to go, go for a bike ride, go for a walk. Um, I used to really not do that. And now it feels like the day is like incomplete if I haven't done something mm-hmm. like that, unless it's like a rest day. But then even then it's like, well, go on a walk. It'll make you feel better. It is very weird. I've never been this type of person before. I don't, I don't even get it, but it's gotten to be fun. 
that's fun. Yeah, no, I was um, listening to one of Joe Rogan's podcasts, and he was talking about how um, if he only worked when he was when his body felt like working out, you know, he'd be a lazy ass. He'd be you know fat and blobby and whatever. And that he has to go work out when he doesn't want to work out, or his body doesn't want to work out. So he has to fight with that internal monologue with himself to to get out there and work out. Yeah, yeah, I can definitely see that. Take some pre-workout or drink some coffee. <laughs> go, go, go. I've been lucky too. Um, my schedule is pretty consistent. Mm-hmm. So I think for for people that have kind of weird shift schedules or they work like a ton, yeah, I could see where you really have to stay really, really consistent. I've just been lucky in that. Um, thanks God for, you know, during this time where it's been a, a pretty consistent schedule, I have a little bit more time flexibility. Um where it's, it's been able to lock in the habit in a little different way. On days when things get really crazy, it, it is more challenging. It's still fun going, but finding that time, mm-hmm. you really you do have to work at it. You have to make it a priority. So if you're talking to other females who are maybe thinking about going into the gym or looking at themselves in the mirror thinking, you know, hey, I got to do something, what kind of advice would you be giving them? Check out social media if you want to follow along to see different moves. Um don't, I uh, don't be afraid to ask people for help in the gym. Like, Hey, how does this machine work? Or, Hey, this is my first time. Do you mind just, is my form? Okay. Um, maybe go with a friend if you need to possibly hire a personal trainer, maybe once or twice a week. So that just so you can make sure your form is correct. Um, but I think the biggest thing is no, really, nobody's really watching you. Like it feels like so much pressure to do the right thing. Um, if you're friendly, if you just, you know, smile at people, do your own stuff. Um, not everybody doesn't know every single thing in the gym. It's okay. Just have fun and, and try to work on just being confident when you go in and you'll, it'll start being fun. If you just start having that positive attitude. I think you brought up a great point. Um, not everybody's watching you. Yes. Unless you're, I don't know, walking around naked in the gym or (laughs) like a famous person. People are focusing on themselves and watching their own form in the mirror or um, or even just trying to get themselves more motivated. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. One of my things also, I have a lot of things. Stop worrying about how people are. Stop worrying about the image that you propel to people and stop worrying so much about how people are going to see you or how you're going to look when you're doing something. Just go ahead and do it. Yeah. Like people are going to see you actually doing something, not how you look doing it. People care a lot less about you. We all care about ourselves way more than we care about the other person, mm-hmm. like 100%. So when I let go of like, oh, I'm going to feel dumb or um, I've, there's been a couple of times where people have corrected my form. And at first it's like, there's a little part of you that wants to be like, oh, don't tell me what to do. And then the other part is just, okay, cool. Now I can do it better. Thank you. Like, just thank you. Move on. Mm-hmm. And you're going to do it better the next time. Like It's okay. It's like, guys, don't feel shame going to the gym and doing one pull-up like that's the start oh yeah I remember speaking of pull-ups pull-ups used to be my like my unicorn yeah they're move. Hard. they're so difficult and I'm like when I will be able to do pull-up I will have a ride at all my fitness goals so I finally did a pull-up um, last year I am not I have definitely not arrived at my fitness goals but I could do it so it's just funny like the things you put as big goals in the beginning they'll shift and they'll change and then it's just like, what's that one step closer to where I want to be? Because when I get to that step, it'll probably change into something else. But I'm there now. I'm just that much further along. So just get there and then keep on going. It's so awesome. One of my podcast quotes, success by the yard is hard. 
Success by the inch. It's a cinch. There we go. Yeah. That's a good one. I like that one. Because <clears throat> if you try to shoot for your end goal right away, you're more apt to fail. Like, shoot for those little goals, little goals, little goals, little goals, and eventually you'll achieve your big overall goal. Well, and you might not even know. Like, for me, I'm, I'm going to do my first fitness competition at the end of this year. If you had asked me a year ago, would that be something? No, I'm not going to do that. Those people that do that are so full of themselves. They're so self-absorbed. They're they're kind of weird. Why do they get the spray tans? Why do they like stop drinking water the day before? Like, no, that looks stupid. But now my mindset shifted and now it's like I'm more confident in myself. And that's something I want to do just because it's going to be level up, level up. You just sometimes you can't even imagine the big picture for yourself until you've made those small steps to get a little bit closer. And then it even becomes more of a reality. You're like, okay, I, I didn't have the right mindset for that. And now I do. It's weird. Yeah. Life is cool. <laughs> life is cool. So with that uh, final question for you here on the podcast, what is your life philosophy? And we can talk about that. Oh my gosh. That's a giant question. It's a giant deep question. But we touched upon, I think a bunch of aspects of it. I think the the biggest thing is, you know, as a mom, as um, somebody who wants to be a good example to my kids, to other people around me, um, to my community, uh, be a good person, do the right thing, never stop learning and growing and trying to better yourself. Um, don't get too attached to to a certain way of thinking or different mindsets. I've totally been stuck in in my mindset at different points in the past to the detriment of different relationships or situations. Um, don't get too attached to anything that may hold you back. Um, and then don't be, don't be scared really of anything. Always look for a way around something. If, if it's in your way, um, and think about it could be there to help you learn and grow from it. So it's not the end of the world, even tough situations. Um, they can, they can be the turning point to something even better. So how can that, how can that help make me grow and help develop my character through difficult times? So, so yeah. Yeah, no, that's, that's good. And that is deep. I think you hit on a number of things. And one of the things I resonated with me a lot was don't have the fear. Like get over the fear, whatever your fear is. Fear is so it's crippling. It's it just pushes you down. Life is like never found in a fear state. And if anybody's pushing that mentality on somebody else, it's just it's like shackles around you. And it's like fear. It's just holding you back from everything. Like everything you want is on the other side of fear. I think that's another quote too. Your next podcast quote. Ooh, everything you want is on the other side of fear. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. Oh, thank you, thank you. Is there any other podcast quotes? Any other, what is your favorite quote, if you had one? Oh, my kind of life motto is Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. So it kind of goes back to that whole fear thing too. Um, as a Christian, knowing that God does have a plan and he's not like a, a wrathful, vengeful God that wants the worst for his people. He wants the best for us. The best doesn't always look like a perfect stress-free, trouble-free life. Um, but the things that get put into our life are meant to grow and develop us. 
and and they're, they're all going to be better in the end. You know, it's it's nice to have it'd be nice to have an easy life on this side of everything. But um, I, I can genuinely say I'm so thankful for everything that's happened. You know, all the different t- difficult times. It's once you've gone through them, looking back, it's like, OK, I can see where that was a really helpful, beneficial situation. Definitely not when you're in the middle of it, but when you're through it. And that's going to bring me off to this last quote. Live easy and life will be hard. Live hard and life will be easy. I like that. Yeah. That's good. You're good with your quotes too. I I hear them on these other podcasts and shows and stuff. I was like, oh, that's good. I got to remember that. I got to write that down. I write down quotes too. I do too. I have a, a book of quotes. I've had it since I was like, I don't know, 12 years old, like a little journal. And then it's gone to the computer too. That's another good thing people should do. Flip through when things get tough or when you just want to be smart. Oh, quotes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Delve into the history of humanity and see what other people have thought of and other people have had success with. Don't try to reinvent the wheel yourself. No, thankfully. We have so much knowledge at our fingertips now too. It can be a little bit overwhelming sometimes, but we are well equipped to have an awesome life. We are. All right. Marion, I want to thank you so much for coming on Hawaii Real. Thank you. It's great to be here. No, thanks. Any last words? Uh, thank you for having me. I really, really appreciated it. Where can people find you? Um, ButlerandBadooPortraits.com um, or on social media, both under the business or I have my personal account too. They're all linked once you get to the one website. They'll connect you to everywhere else. Very cool. Very cool. All right, everybody. Be sure to uh, tune in again next week. And as always, stay happy Hawaii. She's throwing the shakas, folks. It's like I didn't even grow up here. So bad.